Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast. And today, even though I am on site at a client's location, I am doing a quick little uh, video here with Cyber Matt Lee, who is going to be attending the upcoming TechCon conference in Chicago this September. And uh, so I'm just reaching out to everybody ahead of time and saying hello and what's up. So Matt, what's up? <laughs> and in this camera and in this camera, no, no, just teasing. <laughs> hot ones, one. Yeah, no. So it's awesome. I um, it's really I, I like this conference, right? There's a lot of big conferences out there I've been to and things, but this one holds a special place in my heart because it's very intimate. It's with a lot of the people that I consider my friends, and you know, it, it's really wonderful to be able to give back in those conferences. And so I feel like they're very nice. And the reason I bring that up is I'm going to be in uh, Australia. Uh, for the two weeks immediately preceding. And they wanted me to be in Australia for four weeks. And I said, nope, I have to fly back in order to be at this, to present at at this conference. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, In fact, I'm leaving the day before the conference, but I'll arrive the day before the conference uh, because of the gained day back. So I hope to sleep off some of the jet lag before the the first day of the conference. But Okay. So what you're saying is Paco and Rick have some pretty big pull to keep you out of Australia. Yeah, that, that's that's. I mean, I wouldn't say it in them words, but you're 100 <laughs> percent on the point. <laughs> I, I do love Paco and them, and and you know, I, I think what their mission is is uh, is a good mission, and it's a, it's a sometimes underserved uh, space. So I I like Paco and respect him quite a bit. Got to know him a lot over the pandemic. So yeah, yeah. This conference is you know even when it started way back when as under a different name, uh, it's been unique in the fact that the numbers are small, but the interaction is so much greater when you can, you know, hang out with, you know, your peers have lengthy conversations about the stuff we always want to talk about and do the same with the vendors. So now last year was your first year in attendance, correct? That's correct. Best of my knowledge and recollection. Okay. And uh, you did a very special 365 session, uh, kind of as a pre-conference workshop. Sure. And I I got in late last year. I walked in and I kind of stood in the back for a few minutes and that that was a packed room. Yeah, it was actually quite a bit of engagement, right? I I did an M365 workshop. You know, it starts with this one premise and and I won't stand on my soapbox too long, Marvin, but, you know, it starts with this one simple premise. If you started a company tomorrow, if you closed your eyes and dreamed, is there any chance that you go buy a server, stick it in a closet, install software, create Active Directory, sync it up to M365, make your mail be reliant upon that, or is most of that chance that you're going to go sign into Office 365 under Modern Office SKUs, Business Premium, and then use that to sign into SaaS-based applications where I don't have an infrastructural capital spend. I have a pretty uniform and deliverable experience that's much more like angry birds on your phone than it is computer plate spinning of I'll make your pooter work. It's such a different experience. And so I taught a four-hour class on components that make up the modern office. Um, but uh, it was well-received. There were a bunch of people there. And there's actually been a couple of people that have um, grown quite considerably from that and have learned very much and leaned into it. Um, great example. I think Diana Giles is a great example of that, right? Um, but yeah, I, you, you didn't ask me for all that, but That's you know, okay. I, I'm a little loquacious. <laughs> we, we talk about whatever you want to talk about. Now, without giving away too much sure. about what you're talking about at this upcoming event, uh, yeah. what's kind of like a quick two-sentence capsule about what's going to happen? One of the challenges that exists around MSPs and people that are trying to go forward in their security journey 
is they don't quite often understand what an incident looks like, especially what an incident looks like across their entire organization. And so as a result, I was teaching a class yesterday. I did a tabletop exercise um, at the uh, ChannelCon. And I sat down with about 12 MSPs and asked, how many of you have an incident response plan? How many of you have you have worked through an incident response plan in your organization at scale? How many hands do you think went up out of 12, Marvin? Uh, two. It was two. There was two people that had those both conditions in play. And my point is, is that what I hope to do, uh, along with Huntress and Ethan Tancredi, is craft a little bit of a story and walk people through a tabletop exercise around the worst day in an MSP's life that I lived through, that I had to deal with, and that several other people that you know, like Robert Coffey or QC, I'm, I'm bad at names, but Robert and, uh, you know, Jay Tipton and uh, Eric from Protech, all, Eric Woodard, all of them have been through that worst day. And so we hope to take people a little bit through that journey, make them think a little bit and make them walk away with some actionable things to maybe go set themselves up to be much more successful than we hope to make them feel after they finish this tabletop exercise. So, All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to be great. And I can, for, here's, here's my personal spin on it. So I just had a customer call me yesterday. They, let me see, can I use, yes, I'll use this name. So they have Allstate as one of their clients. Gotcha. And Allstate, and just to give people an understanding of how this works in the legal world, Allstate you know, yes, they have their own attorneys, but a lot of the stuff that they do for insurance defense, they actually, you know, farm out to law firms all across the country. Yeah, totally. So I work with. You know, oh, you firms. have a law firm that was asked to help out with some of the subrogation work for Allstate or something. Yes. Yes. Effect. Oh, so, my, my, my. Yes. Yeah. So it's here's coming, what's baby. happened. <laughs> Allstate apparently has had some issues where some of those firms have either had a ransomware attack or some sort of incident. So now they're coming back and saying, you know what? All of you now have to show us that you're taking security measures on, on all state data and our cases. Uh, and so now we have, have they, to- have they aligned on a framework? Uh, any, anything like um, they need to see a system security plan. What are they asking for Marvin? So I don't know, but the document that they're going to uh, present, we're not going to see until August 10th. So just to give oh, it's going to be idea, a big one. Yeah. It's so, going to be a big one. But the, I said, this has been coming. The insurance agencies oh, yeah. that you know deal with cyber insurance have also been stepping up by saying, look, you're going to have to have endpoint security. You're going oh, to have to have Oh, it's changed security. our world. Do you know so, why? You tell mean, me why. Well, it, it, when you come into most insurance, you have a return on premium, right? A premium multiplier of how much money you expect to make and how much you're going to spend out of that premium you receive. And that's usually based on actuarial data, like real data, not actual data, but actuarial data, right? Data that's uh, measured out to be able to do one thing, which is establish classes of insurance. You want to have classes of insurance, which is a separation between this risk profile, this risk profile, this risk profile, and this risk profile. And, and as a great example in life insurance, if I'm 12, I can get a life insurance policy for a million dollars for a quarter, a month, right? Or $2. If I am 100 years old, and I want to get a $100,000 life insurance policy, it will cost me $120,000 because the risk of death is almost assured. Right. And I think the point is that we don't have such separations of actuarial data in the SMB, even in mid-market, and, and certainly not even in enterprise, because the insurers were basically organized gambling. And in this case, they have no actuarial data. Even the data they have is lies because there's no barrier to entry to be us. The information of even if you said, I have MFA, on what? On what? 
What are all the things? What are all the ways I would attack you personally? Facebook, your home accounts, your banks, your work accounts, your banks, your external providers, the software you use every day, the applications you buy, all of that has to be a yes. And the insurers are still even not there yet in the sense that they haven't even realized that the binary check yes, no isn't even as dispensable. For the first time, we've actually seen travelers just decided to sue to rescind a policy not to subrogate like what most of those cases are, but to actually take the policy back as if it was obtained via fraud on something they paid out. This was ju- you know July 13th. But short story is Marvin, and I'm not known for it, is that absolutely the insurers have bet and are losing. Oh, they're yeah. paying and they're fighting and they're mm-hmm. finding ways to make this market make sense. And I think it's the best damn thing that has ever happened to us because capitalism is driving the change that we've begged for in this community for so long. So I, I absolutely am. Man, you pulled my string, Marvin. Lord. Okay. Oh, I'm glad yeah, because sorry. those are the types of discussions <laughs> we need to have because you know yeah. here we have clients that are trying, oh, we should just get cyber insurance. And they think that's in a make them safe. Oh, if we get right. hacked, we'll just, we'll just pay out. Well, <laughs> if you get a ransom demand for 80 grand, a hundred grand, and you've only paid in, you know, 1500 1500 bucks a year, $2,000. <laughs> yeah. The insurance or companies are saying, okay, that's not right. And that's not even what's beyond the ransom demands, the 25,000, the legal counsel for breach counsel is another 20, $30,000. The negotiator for the ransomware of Coveware is going to be another 10 or $15,000, or at least 20%. You've got the same people that are now also in the, in the spear tip or the forensics aspect. That's going to be another 25. So we start looking at the cost of one of these type compromises at scale. It, it's so much worse. And so the insurance providers try to save money by having what's called panel, right? The people they always call, so they negotiate a discount. But even then, to your point, I paid in $1,500 and one out of 10 of us, let's say, and it's not that, it's much more like four out of 10 of us are now having some type of a ransomware or business email compromise uh, type you know, financial incident. And they're having to deal with that and discover and do the breach coach work and do the attorney work for all of it. And they spent $100,000, $300,000 when they're done and you put in $1,500. Even if two out of 10 did that, the rest don't make enough in. And so all they are doing is just price pressure, driving the price up asymptotically. It's just a hockey stick, right? Um, yep. I love everybody used a hockey stick. It's an asymptote, peeps. Anyways, doesn't matter. But, <laughs> but the- <laughs> That's another podcast there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose, I suppose. Um, but the point is, is that I, I think that the insurance market is going to be the corrective force um, through the measures of capitalism, as you were describing, uh, around just how much loss they're taking and how that cannot persist, even if they kept increasing the prices to the moon. At some point, insurance is supposed to transfer risk. You cannot transfer pure risk. You should be transferring residual risk. Our world has been transferring pure risk, and they are getting it in the face. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Well, they're definitely transferring risk back to the client, which is now coming to us. Because Amen. now they're going, they're saying to us, how can you make sure that we're not going to get hit? And we're saying, well, we can't, but right. here are the things that we can do. You know, let's, let's put on that multi-factor authentication. Let's stop running, you know, naked RDP. Yeah. Uh, you know, Yo, let's stop that, letting your yeah. users, you know, connect whatever they want to you know, whatever part of the network they want. No more. Got my robes on and everything. In. <laughs> <laughs> I got my robes on. You're preaching to the choir here, man. hundred percent. Oh man. Yeah. Well, Matt, so. I uh, we're going to have to sit down and do another one of these when we can actually flesh out a topic. Um, yeah. Today was just an introduction to you. I think and- that's a kind way of just saying it's hard to keep me on the rails. Is that <laughs> is that what just happened there, Marvin? <laughs> well, you know, ask for an inch, you'll take a mile, right? Fair, fair. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, I love no, it. No, I just, listen, these are discussions that 
you know, you can't do them quickly is the bottom right. line. We can't do them quickly with our clients. Uh, no. and, and we ourselves no. aren't giving ourselves enough time to learn, you know, what are the things that we need to be doing as managed service providers? Yeah. I got a simple answer to that. And that may become our topic next time. And then maybe we'll wrap this up. But um, my simplest answer to this, Marvin, is that you need to start realizing that when you transfer to being a professional service, there's a degree of defensibility that must exist, right? Kind of like you said, we, we, we're we going to try to protect you. But we can't protect you. If you, you, you know, American football, right? I'm used to this globalization, but in American football, yeah, real football, yeah, I guess. real football. Thank you. I didn't want to say that because I'm, I'm a global person now. Right. I'll but you know it. what I mean? Okay. Fair. <laughs> you say it. But in football, if a defense coach walked out in front of your kids playing high school football and said, you know what, boys, we're not going to ever let a yard happen. Nobody's going to get a yard on us, period. Not once. You fire that coach, right, Marvin? It's well, I don't know because, you know, the reason they say that is because of the Titans movie, you know. <laughs> but understood in reality. But in reality, no yeah, you, yeah that has no not coach could say that. That's just yeah. asinine. Right. And so the point is, is that you might lose a couple yards because that guard's getting beat, but you're going to teach them to kneel down and you're going to teach them to shorten that gap so that they don't have as much room. So you don't have to bring that corner up. You don't have to bring up that linebacker. You don't have to do those things that make new giant vulnerabilities happen. And so my point is that your job is to be defensible. That coach should say, our goal is to stop them before the end of the third down. Our goal is to make sure that if they do that, they don't do it more than twice. And if we get back past this point, we're going to go into a different mode to cope and change, and we're going to try to win. That's yeah. the way they're going to think. We need to start talking to our clients about that model. Everybody says, I'm going to protect you. That's not how this game is played. This game is played as protect, right? After you identify, detect, respond, and recover. Those That means that three of the things we're talking about are after the bomb goes off. That means the bomb's going to go off. You have to know you're going to get beat at that left guard. You have to understand that. And so I think to your point, the way we should be having this conversation with our clients is about them being defensible by making reasonable choices to prove that they're doing the things to iterate and protect themselves. So they don't get fired as that coach, right? Like that's yep. the point. Cause I'm gonna get fired. If I don't cope with Johnny, that left guard, me and that left guard gonna go round and round just saying, but I'm going to get fired if I don't deal with that as a coach. And, and that's, that's the, right. Anyway, sorry, you get me. Get That's me okay. No, nope, no worries <laughs> at all. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is just a taste of what you're going to get, not only at the upcoming TechCon, but whenever I can get Matt back on and we have, you know, ample room to expand on these topics, yeah. we're going to do. You're that, not sitting so. at your at your uh, at your savior point for uh, your client, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Matt, uh, I do want to say thank you for giving me a few minutes here. Sorry, it was. Uh, uh, a little jumbled here in my client's uh, room, but uh, I was glad to do it and look forward to seeing you in September. And next time I can get you on the show. All right, my friend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. We'll be back with another episode soon. And until then, holla. <laughs>